Auto Plaza Direct King's Court starts now.
I've won and lost against the best. This old road's been a hell of a test. I'm still driving. I ain't slowing down. There's rules I love to break and bend. Mistakes I've made again and again. But I tell you this, my friends, I'm still around. I hit it hard, man. So far, man. No laying up, no holding back. And a good Monday morning. St. Louis at all points, north, east, south, and west. We welcome you in. This is the Window World King's Court coming your way live on KevinSlaytonShow.com. KevinSlaytonShow.com. You can also hear the podcast here later in the day, but you can also hear the podcast on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, wherever you listen to your podcasts. It is 7 o'clock. It is Monday morning. This is KevinSlaytonShow.com. And if you need to be somewhere else, you're in the wrong place. So head out wherever you're supposed to be, but keep it right here. Our phone lines are always open for you because this is radio-free United States. So many talk shows in this country now don't want to hear from you. We do. Friend or foe. Liberal or Democrat. Liberal or conservative. 636-538-0746. 636-538-0746. There is a lot of ground to cover, as there usually is on a Monday after a whirlwind weekend when liberals usually do things late on Friday night to detract from you knowing what they're up to. In this particular case, Biden, of course, visited southern Texas. I, I hesitate to say visited the border. Because he didn't meet a single migrant. But we'll get into that as we go along. The first order of business this morning is to mention and remind everybody that if you're in the car buying business, if you're looking for a car, used car, new car, second car for your kids, all you have to do is visit stl-cars.com, stl-cars.com. Or you can call them and or text them. At 314-309-3633. How many car dealerships allow you to text them? 314-309-3633. And if you're in another city or another state, call or text them too because they can get cars all over the country. So if you don't like the car buying process and you feel like it's like going to the dentist, it doesn't have to be that way. At stl-cars.com, all you have to do is tell them the car you want, and you can shop online on their website from thousands of cars and trucks there. Tell them the price that you want to pay. They'll find it for you, and then you just pick it up and drive it home. Or in some, if you need it, they'll deliver it to you. That's stl-cars, stl-cars, I'm sorry, stl-cars.com. Call them or text them, 314 309 3633, ask for Don Davis and tell him that we sent you there. All right, as I said, a lot of ground to cover this morning. Biden went down to El Paso, the El Paso area this weekend. But before he could get down there, on Friday, he and his criminal cohorts had to let everybody know 
that Friday was July 6th, or excuse me, January 6th. I say July 6th because that's what Biden called it. <laughs> so it was the two-year anniversary of the insurrection, the date that the liberals love to talk about. You ever notice when you don't have a solution to any of the government's problems or the country's problems, you continue to beat the drums on something that never happened. So you continue to say there was an insurrection and there never was. But when you have nothing else, what else are you going to do? They have nothing else. So it presented them with a big opportunity to make a big deal again out of nothing. (laughs) And they don't miss any chance to make a big deal out of nothing. It's what they're all about. By the way, the definition in the Oxford Dictionary of Insurrection is a violent uprising against an authority or government. The insurrection was savagely put down. (laughs) So clearly there was no insurrection, but it doesn't stop them from lying about it. And when Biden spoke about it, he said that July 6th was wholly consequential. July 6th. Wholly consequential. Not a joke. If I can halt for a second and just say to you, the impact what happened on July the 6th had international repercussions beyond what I think any of you can fully understand. Well, you're right, because we can't understand anything like you can. You're the genius, even though you said it was July 6th. So I would agree with him. I can't fully um, comprehend the international consequences of what happened on July 6th because I don't know anything that happened on July 6th. It's two days after the 4th of July. I know that. But I don't recall anything consequential. In fact, I don't recall anything inconsequential. But Biden claims July 6th was basically a day in infamy because if you listen to the liberals and the liberal media, it was the worst attack on our country since Pearl Harbor. Maybe even worse. Which is such an insult to those brave servicemen and women who died on Pearl Harbor when the Japanese attacked like the cowards that the Japs were. And that's right, I'll call them Japs. We call Jewish people Jews, don't we? Why wouldn't you call these people Japs? I've never understood that. Somehow the woke crowd doesn't like that. Don't know why. They don't know why. They just don't. But to compare that, where we lost thousands of men and women in that sneak attack, to January 6th, two years ago, where we lost one woman who was murdered by a black Washington Capitol police officer. She's a white woman unarmed, surrounded by police while she was protesting. She was no harm, no threat to anyone. When you're surrounded by police, you're not a threat to anybody. But let's murder her anyway. And that's what they did. And another woman died being trampled to death. But that was it. None of the police were killed. None of the congressmen and women were in any harm. No one. No one. Except Ashley Babbitt. And so her mom showed up Friday in Washington, along with others, to protest. And really to protest, this is how unselfish the Babbitts are, But they showed up there to protest the continued incarceration of innocent people 
who were simply at the Capitol on January 6th, peacefully, patriotically protesting. Some were invited into the Capitol, and somehow they're still in jail, in solitary confinement, facing lengthy prison sentences. Their lives are ruined. And so Mickey Whithoff, who is the mother of Ashley Babbitt, went to Washington. She's a 58-year-old woman, no threat to anyone, right? Except she is a threat to liberals, apparently. She is enemy number one, and she was quickly arrested in Washington on Friday. Now, what did they arrest her for? Traffic violations, they said. Try to put your head around that. You go down the highway today, you go down your neighborhood, wherever you go, and you're speeding, and a policeman pulls you over, a policewoman, and cites you for speeding, gives you a ticket, right? Do they arrest you? You've parked your car in an unauthorized parking spot. You get a ticket placed on your windshield. Do you get arrested? No, but she did. She was arrested and accused of traffic violations. Now, here's her traffic violation. It wasn't even anything to do with her car. Her traffic violation was walking on a street by the Capitol when the police told the group to move off the road. Well, I wonder how long after they were told to move off the road was the arrest made. Were they able to get off the road? Does the whole, did the whole group hear the message? Wouldn't you warn them again and say, listen, you're going to go, we're going to arrest you if you don't get off the road. No report of that being said. The cops were lined up to prevent the group from going any further. <laughs> Unbelievable. Were they stopping those murderous thugs in Ferguson? Did the cops line up with their arms locked to stop them? I don't recall that. How about Minneapolis? I don't recall that. How about St. Louis in the summer of love? I don't recall that either. But let's get Ashley Babbitt's mom and cuff her and arrest her. Unbelievable. Only in this country. So Biden's still confused about July 6th and January 6th. He doesn't know the difference. They're seven months apart, but in Biden's mind, that's a lifetime. Karine Jean-Pierre, the little black French lesbian, uh, supposedly the communications director from the White House, but she's really nothing more than the purveyor of their propaganda. She was asked, since the Biden and the liberal groups continually criticized President Trump because he didn't act fast enough, didn't make a statement fast enough on January 6th, what, why would he? All he saw was people going to the Capitol. When people were breaking windows... You know, that happens in protests, too. But no one was doing anything that was violent, unless you call breaking a window violent. But Karine Jean-Pierre was asked, what's the difference between Biden staying silent when Supreme Court justices' lives are being threatened, including an assassin showing up at Judge Kavanaugh's, Justice Kavanaugh's house? What's the difference between Biden not standing up for the Supreme Court and if you want to believe Trump didn't re- reply quickly enough on January 6th, tell us, Karine Jean-Pierre, is there a difference between the two? To say that there is no difference, that is that is just 
unbelievably wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm moving on. I'm moving on. You're moving on because you know you're full of shit. That's why you're moving on. To say there's no difference is just wrong. No, the question was, explain the difference. The question wasn't, if we believe there's a there's no difference, then we're just wrong. Do you think we're wrong? That would have required an answer like that. The question was, what's the difference between the two? And she couldn't answer. That's why she wanted to move on as quickly as possible. I don't get it. There's a lot of stuff I don't get, though. I don't get why they continually haunt Charter. Let us know if you've lost the feed. Apparently some people have. Uh, But I don't know what to say. It doesn't say that it's gone. So I don't know. Drives me nuts, though. It is Charter Communications is probably the worst, most incompetent business in America. It is completely incompetent. Nothing ever works with Charter. Have you ever noticed that? Nothing works. They'll come out to your house. They'll claim they fix things. It still ne- it still never works. I still f- struggle with the very simple act of turning my TV off and on and getting the cable box to match the screen together. The last time Charter came to my house, I had the guy walk through it, and it worked for him fine. Then he left, and then it was gone again. Okay, I'm, I'm understanding that we're back on, so that's good news. But that's how pathetic Charter is. They're just bad. Most inept companies. Was it that inept when uh, Paul, what's his name, up there in Seattle was running it? I don't know. He's the one who, I think, founded Charter. It's a pathetically incompetent company. Makes you wonder about their tech people over there. It's a tech It's a tech operation. But their tech people aren't very good. Nancy Pelosi didn't let January 6th pass without threatening us and, and reminding us how terribly violent it was, what a black mark on history, and how awful it was. Yes, worse than Pearl Harbor, worse than the Kennedy assassination, worse than 9-11, worse than anything in our history. It was just the worst. The January 6th insurrection shook our republic to the core. For many in the Congress and across our country, the physical, psychological, and emotional scars are still raw. Yet from the unspeakable horror sprang extraordinary heroism. Law enforcement heroes confronted the insurrectionists to protect the Capitol, the Congress, and our Constitution. They protected the Constitution. Was someone who went down there to protest on the verge of tearing up the Constitution? And isn't there another copy in case they did? So what did you actually protect? It shook our nation to the core. Did it shake you to the core? Honestly, I want someone to raise their hand if it shook you to the core. It didn't shake me at all. Because I knew there was nothing to it. These were protesters, some of whom wandered aimlessly through the Capitol, others who were invited in. Some broke windows. Why, I don't know, because they couldn't get through the windows. But there's always going to be party poopers. 
and as Jack Del Rio, the Washington Redskins defense coordinator, famously called it, a dust-up. I'm not even so sure it was a dust-up. Probably was in some people's cases, but not in most. So it was a dust-up. Now for that, by the way, he was fined $100,000 by the head coach, his boss. By the way, if you're experiencing in and outages of this feed on the show, some people say it's back on. Other people say it just went off. So I guess it depends on where you are and what level of incompetence Charter has demonstrated in your area. But since they're woefully incompetent everywhere, it probably doesn't matter where you are. They'll F it up anyway. But it didn't shake me to my core on January 6th. I remember watching it. And I thought, good for the protesters. Let them know how you feel. That's the way it should be. And so they did. Alan Dershowitz, who is no Donald Trump supporter, in fact, he voted for Clinton and Biden. Uh, in, In many ways, Alan Dershowitz is delusional. I don't know how an intelligent man can vote for those two criminals. I don't know. Unless he's so utterly brainwashed to the liberal way of thinking, it's it's preposterous. But what he does do is he stands up for the rule of law and for the Constitution. And so he has decided to represent one of the insurrectionists by the name of Brady Knowlton. Now, Brady's from Utah, and he's facing a stiff prison sentence. He's a law student, and he came to Washington to protest the election. Alan Dershowitz, why would you represent uh, an insurrectionist? I can't sit back and watch people who I disagree with uh, being treated unfairly. The essence of justice is individualization. Every single person should be judged individually for what they did and didn't do. We can't use group analysis, calling it an insurrection. Uh, My client and others were welcomed into the Capitol, according to videotapes that we've seen, Policemen were motioning them forward. Uh, They went into the Capitol peacefully and patriotically and left when they were told to leave. Um, No no damage was incurred. And uh, the idea of them being prosecuted for felonies, along with people who may have done things that were uh, more more dangerous or more illegal, uh, putting them all together in one... Uh, one concept is just so wrong legally and so un-American, and it, it just is so important for people who are not necessarily on the side of those who would challenge the election to join on a civil liberties basis and defend these folks right. who have been treated unfairly. Not only unfairly, but as you point out, illegally. Now, here's how much of a threat the... Uh, Cowardly Congress was under that day, as our research assistant points out. Cash Patel, uh, a former U.S. attorney and a former official in the Trump administration, points out that good old Pelosi was so upset that she called the Department of Defense that day wanting to know when the Capitol cafeteria was going to reopen on the same day. The same day that she claims it shook you to your core It shook all Americans to their core. Her greatest concern was when will the Capitol cafeteria reopen? 
That's a fact, by the way. She did that. And then out of the other side of her mouth, she tells you how everybody was under attack and feared for their lives. Worse than 9-11. What an insult to the people of 9-11. What an insult to the people of Pearl Harbor. But why would we expect anything different from these people? They know nothing. They have no answers to any problems that plague the United States. If they do know the answers, they don't want to tell you them. They want you to become the dependent state, dependent on whom? On them. And so they will continually lie, make things up, brainwash, indoctrinate, and in many instances be successful at it, the American people. Now, if you're a stooge and you go along with the stuff that Pelosi says and her ilk, then that's what you are. You're just a stooge and you're hopeless. Alan Dershowitz, to some degree, you're a stooge. On the other side of the coin, Alan Dershowitz stands up for what's right legally. So we have to tip our hat and give him credit for that. But on basic common sense, he's a stooge. But he does know how his client's life was upended by these bogus charges. Well, he wasn't allowed to graduate or take the bar. Uh, He's presumed innocent. uh, And yet he's being treated as if he were uh, guilty and being treated as if he were an insurrectionist. He was just a young man who wanted to go to Washington to protest something. And uh, instead of being, you know, the First Amendment talks about the right to petition government for a redress of grievances. It's as if it was written to describe what Brady Knowlton was doing. He had an absolute First Amendment right to do that. Um, The question is, should he have gone into the Capitol? Well, if he was welcomed, uh, the worst thing he should be charged with would be trespassing. And it would be an absolute defense to trespassing uh, to demonstrate that he was welcome and, 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 and invited in. And so, again, I want to emphasize every single individual should be treated as an individual. This was not an insurrection or a conspiracy. Wait a minute. What? Alan Dershowitz will lose his liberal card there. No more membership in the club for him. He just said it wasn't an insurrection or a conspiracy. Well, wait a minute. Pelosi just called it an insurrection. Biden's been calling it that for two years. So of all the Democrats, all the liberal freaks in this country, all of the media, they refer to the 2020 election as the debunked story of a fixed election, but they refer to January 6th as an insurrection. You couldn't get two stories more incorrect. You just couldn't. And so even trespassing, as Dershowitz accurately points out, the absolute defense to trespassing, something similar and minor, or something simple, I should say, and minor, is that you were invited in. If I invite you to my house, if you come knock on my door and I open the door and say, come on in, how do I then charge you with trespassing? How does that work? Only in the recessed black minds of liberals does that work. No place else. Only there. No rational human being would look at the events of January 6, two years ago, and say, insurrection. Unless, of course, you knew you knew you would need it to politically further your criminal agenda. And that's what the liberals did. That's what the media did. 
That's what Biden does. That's what Pelosi does. But again, to Dershowitz's credit, as a liberal, standing up and saying it was not an insurrection is heresy. But he's telling us the truth. We'll send a psychiatrist to his office to examine him for that vote for Biden and vote for Hillary Clinton because something's missing there. Something in his life is missing. I don't know of a Republican president who has not been in favor of the rule of law. Maybe he knows some, and that's why he votes for the liberals all the time, but I don't know any. But I do know liberal presidents and politicians who abdicate the rule of law, trample on the rule of law, trample on the Constitution, including the guy you just voted for and the winch before him that you voted for. So we don't understand that about Alan Dershowitz, and we probably never will. That's a mental imbalance that God only knows where it came from. He's way too educated and smart to be that way, and so it's one of the great mysteries of the 20th century. Why would Alan Dershowitz, a smart man, vote for those two? It's a bit scary. Steve Hilton believes, as we all do, really, that this sideshow affair of January 6th is just typical of Biden and his regime. I think this event yesterday was a perfect encapsulation of the entire um, Biden years as, as, as president. What, what do they do on every issue? They create a problem because of their uh, pandering to the far left extremists who control their party. They then deny the problem exists. They belatedly acknowledge it, but not before blaming everyone else for it, but themselves. And then they come up with totally pathetic stunts um, instead of real solutions. You saw that on every issue um, because they are totally focused on sending the right message, signaling their virtue to their activists. They are unserious people. They are not focused on policy. They're not focused on addressing real problems. They are focused on the politics, on seeming to uh, chime in with whatever the latest fad is that is animating their far-left extremist activist base. That's why on every single issue, whether it's the economy or transportation or energy, you name it, there isn't a single issue where they haven't turned a situation and made it worse. Boy, no truer words were ever spoken, right? There's nothing that that group has touched that they haven't made worse. Nothing. The border, Afghanistan, gas prices, the economy, the stock market, your 401ks. What have they touched that has improved? Nothing. Respect for this country internationally, all-time low. And then the other story, of course, of the weekend was Biden's supposed trip to the border, which he didn't make. He went to El Paso and prior to his arrival made sure that the city fathers of El Paso and perhaps a, a a group of Biden's administration going down there ahead of time to clean up the streets of El Paso. Fox showed a before and after. The streets of El Paso on Wednesday were completely littered with homeless people in tents. By Thursday, they were all gone. And then Biden went down there over the weekend. But before he went, he made his feeble attempt to somehow blame Donald Trump for the border problem by using Title 42. Huh? The previous administration used a rule called Title 42 to deal with 
to deal with the pandemic, a rapidly, to rapidly expel people who crossed the border. It was designed to deal with the pandemic, but it's used as a means to expel people at the border. People turned away under Title 42, and they're not, and, 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 and they're not barred from trying to come back. They've been turned away. They go back, they try again, they try again. Well, you know, they can and they do try to re-enter the United States again and again, which makes the problem that borders at the border even worse. Try to follow that, will you? And if you can, you're a better, more astute, more intelligent person than I am. If you can follow anything that rambling lunatic just said. Title 42 was enacted for the pandemic. What? It was enacted for the pandemic, but Trump used it to turn illegal aliens away. Well, that's exactly what he used it for, and that's exactly why it was enacted. Now he says people come and get turned away, and then they come back again and again and get turned away. They're illegal, you jackass. They're supposed to be turned away. Somehow, turning them away and having them come back again is what's caused the problem at the border. That's what he just said. (laughs) He is hard to follow. He's a tough one. But man, is he stupid. And I'm telling you, you want to talk low-class, ignorant, that's what this guy is. Vile hates blacks, hates Republicans. He hates you if you're a conservative thinker with a passion that's reserved for no one other than blacks. The two groups of people he hates the most. He's so low class that he didn't even phone the governor of Texas, nor did he even contact the governor of Texas about his trip coming down to the quote-unquote border. Governor Abbott, did he call you? During this entire time, Joe Biden has not called me. He did not call me, uh, nor his staff uh, called and uh, let us know either about his visit or to invite us. Uh, until uh, last night, uh, we got a random email to uh, one of my staff members uh, asking if I would be there to meet him on the tarmac. Uh, and so they have failed to communicate. So let's understand that. Not a peep from Biden or anyone in his regime, the propaganda artists, to Governor Abbott about his visit, no request to meet with him until the night before the visit when a random email shows up at a a staffer's email address and wanted to meet on the tarmac. Why the tarmac? Because the tarmac doesn't look threatening on the border. That's why. Ron Vitello is the former chief of the Border Patrol at the southern border. He gets it. He knows that this was nothing but a sham. Having this town clean itself up and look look presentable for the president, having him go down there without outlining any fixes or, or any additional augmentation for resources, for the policies, choices that he made, no admission of what he did or what this administration has done to blow up the border, no apology to the, the residents and, and the citizens who have the burden now of uncontrolled migration across the border. Uh, he could have gone to El Paso, he could have gone to Yuma, but if he doesn't change the course of where we're going, 
going on the policy side, this thing isn't going to end. He, he started in office encouraging everybody that wanted to come to the border to do so now because they know he was going to go soft on it. They stopped building the wall. They ended the Remain in Mexico program. They ended the asylum accords with the Northern Triangle, saying they were going to fix the border. Well, they fixed it in a way that we have the largest surge on the southwest border in our lifetimes, in, in the history of that border. The largest surge in the history of our border. Ron Vitello so correct. No policy ideas to stop it, to correct it, because Biden created it. Most people who create something don't do anything to stop it. All of the problems that plagued this country that I can think of off the top of my head, the ones I just identified a few minutes ago, were all created by Biden. This country was humming along until this clown showed up. So why would he fix things that he created? Remember, Every day, remind yourself of this. Every single thing that goes on in this country is designed to control you, to manipulate you, and for you to eventually be dependent on the government. Until liberals are out of office, that will always be the case. If we gain a reprieve and get the White House back in 2024, it will resume the next time a Democrat wins the White House. Now, I'm anxious to watch what the Republicans do starting today. I'm extremely anxious to watch that. But so far, with the trip to the border, that's garnered all the news. And Governor Abbott accurately pointed out at the airport that Biden was late to the party and didn't have a big check. It just so happens he's two years and about $20 billion too late. He needs to step up and, and take swift action, uh, including uh, reimbursing the state of Texas for the money that we spent, but providing more resources for the federal government to do its job. He said he wanted to work with this officer. So the liberals are going to say, did you say that to his face? Yeah, he actually did. He's been saying it for two years. He's tried to call Biden several times. Biden refused to take the call. So what Governor Abbott did when he met Biden at the tarmac, he handed him a personal letter face-to-face. In the letter, Governor Abbott says, Your visit avoids the sites where mass illegal immigration occurs and sidesteps the thousands of angry Texans, the property owners, whose lives have been destroyed by your border policies. Even the city you visit has been sanitized of the migrant camps which had overrun downtown El Paso because your regime wants to shield you from the chaos that Texans experience on a daily basis. That's what Governor Abbott wrote in a letter to Biden and handed it to him, hand-delivered it to him when he arrived in Texas yesterday. Carpe diem, Governor Abbott. And if you think it's just me or Governor Abbott, who thinks Biden's a fraud and a phony. Listen to the people of El Paso, the people who actually live there, who put up with this, who deal with it every day, whose businesses are going under because of it. He's never visited in his 50 years in office. But the only reason he's visiting now is because he's going to run for 2024. It's a photo op. They cleaned up the streets. They're going to show them clean, not like they look normally. 
with thousands of immigrants living in the streets. City streets are cleaned up. Our processing centers don't have quite the numbers that it used to have. So is he getting a real picture of what's happening down here on the southern border? This is ridiculous. I don't understand why he's even wasting taxpayer money and bringing his uh, Air Force One down here if he's not going to see the reality of it. It's impacted a lot of the businesses that are downtown because a lot of the uh, customers for these businesses are no longer visiting these stores. A lot of these people uh, are being assaulted. They were coming by the thousands, and it was really bad. And our streets look horrible. It's horrible. I love El Paso. He doesn't have to create new laws. Just enforce them. Simple, isn't it? The laws are there. Enforce them. The gun laws are there. Enforce them. We, didn't, we don't need new gun laws. He doesn't have to reinvent the wheel at the border. Just enforce the laws. Let the Border Patrol do their job. But he won't. Do you ever notice how desperate Democrats are to get votes, to steal votes if they have to, to allow illegals to come across the border thinking that they'll vote for them? They're the most desperate group of people to get votes I've ever seen in my life. They have no interest in a fair and free election, none whatsoever. And I want you to remember Biden and the words of some of his propaganda ministers and never forget them. Remember, this is how the caring, compassionate Joe Wuhan Willie Otala Biden, who truly is vile and despicable, this is what he told us basically when he was asked if oil prices and gas prices were going to go up on us. Russia's responsible. Can't do much right now. Well, yeah, you could actually. You could open a pipeline back up, put about eleven or 12,000 union workers back to work. Could do that. You could allow drilling on government property, which has been going on in this country since the day of the dawning of time. But you stopped it. So there's a lot you can do, but you refuse to do it. So you were lying. Jennifer Granholm is energy secretary. What what do you want to do? Do you want to produce more oil? Do you really want to? What we're saying is today we need that supply increased. Of course, in five or ten years, actually in, in the immediate, we are also pressing on the accelerator, if you will, to move toward clean energy so that we don't have to be under the thumb of petro-dictators like Putin or at the whim of the volatility of fossil fuels. Ultimately, America will be most secure when we can rely upon our own clean domestic production of energy. But that's the problem for these companies. Yeah, that is the problem for the companies because they're being stopped. But she's telling us that she wants to produce more oil. That's not what Biden's telling us. He's shutting it down. Has shut it down. Huh. So what is it you actually want, Jennifer Granholm? We really want to see us move to clean energy, but we also need to see this increase right now. And we are asking the oil and gas companies as well to diversify and make sure that part of that they become diversified energy companies to be able to produce other means of clean energy because they have huge deep pockets. They have a big ability to invest in the future as well as investing right now so that we don't see Oil and gas causing the inflation numbers and people being hurt every day. So now it's the oil company's fault. They're the ones with the deep pockets. They're the ones who needs to take who need to take care of this. We caused it, but we want the 
oil companies to bail us out. The oil companies rightfully say, F off. Who do these people think they are to tell people who run businesses how to run them and who you should be responsible to give your money to? It's my favorite. It's just continuing attack on people with money. That's what the liberals do because they are socialist to the core. There's your core, Pelosi. You're socialist to the core. And remember John Kerry, horsemouth, Mr. Ed, when he talked about, hey, pipeline workers, just go get a job in solar. Huh. Kerry, were you threatening oil companies or telling them what to do? Well, we didn't come here to put anybody on notice except to the seriousness of uh, President Biden's intent to uh, do what needs to be done to deal with this crisis, and it is a crisis. Um, no, it isn't. With respect to uh, those workers, no no two people are more uh, in this room are more concerned about it, and the President of the United States has expressed in every comment he has made about uh, climate the need to... Uh, grow the new jobs that pay better, that are cleaner. That I mean, you know, you look at the consequences of black lung for a miner, for instance, and measure that against the fastest-growing job in the United States before COVID was solar power technician. The same people can do those jobs, but the choice of doing the solar power one now is a better choice. In term, this is happening. So uh, what President Biden wants to do is make sure those folks have better choices, that they have alternatives, that they can be the people who go to work to make the solar panels. They were making them here at home. Wow. No, they weren't. They were working on a pipeline that you closed, your boss closed. And when you lie to the people and say that no one's more concerned about those job losses than Joe Wuhan, Willie O'Tala Biden, he caused the losses. He fired those people. So when you fire people, are you going to walk around telling everybody how concerned you are about them not having a job? Of course you don't, and neither does he. Why, I take it back. He says it, but if he meant it, he wouldn't have put them out of work. And good old Horsemouth just continues to lie. Why doesn't he give up the Heinz family fortune that he inherited when he married Teresa Heinz, the Heinz ketchup and mustard heir? Why doesn't he give up his family fortune and go work on solar panels? Because that's what he wants you to do. He wants you to stop working on what has made you a good living and go work on solar panels and claims, of course, they'll be higher paying with absolutely no evidence that says they would. I, don't, I wouldn't know how to work on a solar panel. Who the hell would? Solar panel people, I guess. How about the way they talk to this is happening. We're forcing you to go broke. We get that part. Nobody's finding that to be a mystery whatsoever. How much money does Kerry make, do you think? What does he do? He travels the world on his private jet, producing a carbon footprint that no one would be proud of. And then when he's questioned about it, he says, well, he's so important that he has to fly on a private jet. It's interesting. The private jet and the commercial jet go to the same places. Why are you so important? 
Couldn't you fly first class on a private jet? I mean, on a corporate jet? The commercial airliners, other than Southwest, have first class. Sure, you could. Surely, you could hitch a ride there. You're not paying for it. Guess who's paying for his rides on his private jet? We are. Imagine that. This guy is pathetic. He always has been. He was pathetic when he ran for president. He lied repeatedly. He showed his fraudulent nature by claiming how much of an Ohio State football fan he was when he was in Michigan. Because he thought he was in Ohio. That's what a phony the guy is. But what does he make? And how much do we spend in taxpayer money on his international jaunts? Hmm. You know, every time I look at him, every time I see him, I want to ask the question, why the long face? Reminds me of the joke. The horse walks into the bar. The bartender says, why the long face? (laughs) Of course, the other big story, as I mentioned, is that today starts the 118th Congress. The Republicans are in power in the House. And immediately there will be a motion to defund the 87,000 IRS workers that Biden so illegally put into a bill. And now it won't happen. And by the way, while Kerry's at it, he could give the people at Campbell Sloop their jobs back. If you recall, it was Heinz that took the contract away from them at Cisco. Heinz paid for the business, essentially. John Kerry's one of the worst human beings, but it's it's not a surprise that he works with Biden and that both of them worked with Obama. Three of the worst people on earth and that they all endorsed Hillary Clinton. That's a foursome you don't ever want to be around. That's the Mount Rushmore of creeps. You just don't want anything to do with them, and if you have to, you want to take a shower for an hour. They're the shower for an hour group. If you're anywhere within shouting distance, you need to get to the shower fast before their dirt and scum wears off on you. So while the Republican members of the House were debating different ideas last week, as we as we to- talked to you about last week, my only regret on that was that it hadn't been done sooner because I felt like it should have been, still feel that way. But the exchange of ideas is what we're supposed to be about in this country. I've always said, I don't want unity in this country. These political hacks, the liberals are always saying, we we want unity. Joe Biden's the unifier. Well, no one wants unity if you have a smart brain. You want division in terms of thought. You want free expression of thought for debate. It's just like science when Fauci tells you to follow the science. No, question the science. That's how science becomes more credible, when you question it. So while this was going on, and the Republicans were debating different ideas, different rules, how the Congress should be run after the corruption that was rampant under Pelosi, what did the Democrats do? Well, of course, they try very hard to paint the Republicans in a negative light because they dared to debate different ideas. 
They mocked them. They laughed at them. They brought popcorn and, and were, were proud to show on Twitter their popcorn pictures. So they treated the entire thing like a joke, which is what it is to them, which is what you are to them, I might add. And Kat Hammock had had enough of it. She is a congresswoman, a Republican congresswoman. She also pointed out that not only were they eating their popcorn, but they were drinking, drinking in the House chambers while the Republicans are debating issues. Diversity of thought is a good thing. It's one of the things that sets us apart from our friends on the other side of the aisle. Yes, diversity of thought is a good thing. But they want us divided. They want us to fight each other. That much has been made clear by the popcorn and blankets and alcohol that is coming over there. The house is not in order. The house is not in order. Listen to those people. Is that incredible? They start yelling and screaming and calling her names because she accurately pointed out that they're basically a bunch of drunks, a bunch of winos with popcorn on the Congress floor, on the House floor. That's what the, the, you know what? They always show their true colors. Always. They never fail. Never. That is a group that's very consistent. Very consistent. And they're never, they're never going to change. Tim Butchert is a Republican congressman. And he outlined it perfectly how the Democrats are different than the Republicans, especially under the tyrannical rule of Nancy Pelosi. You have on the Democrat side 100% voting for Pelosi. I mean, where else do you see that in the world? I'll tell you where. Communist China, the Politburo in Russia, and Cuba. And so they're lockstep every step of the way, and the Republicans aren't. They believe in debate. The last four years, I've seen more debate on the floor of the House in the last three days than I have the entire last four years under Speaker Pelosi's reign of terror. So I don't don't buy all the negativity. This is what the founders envisioned. It is what the founders envisioned. Healthy debate, that's what's supposed to take place on the Congress, uh, in the Congress over every bill that's proposed. Matt Gaetz, who was in the center of the storm and a target of the Democrats and some Republicans, I might add, just can't figure out all the hoopla around a short delay in announcing a speaker in order to get things righted that were wrong under Pelosi. It was Pelosi who changed many of the rules. By dictate, I might add. She didn't ask anybody to vote on them. She just changed them. So Matt Gates is scratching his head. Why all the fuss, mostly from establishment Republicans? And I don't really get the critique that taking from Tuesday to Friday to work this out puts the Republican majority in peril. I mean, in this summer, the entire Congress takes like six weeks off where we're not even around at all. So to take four days to figure out who's going to be second in line to the presidency and to ensure that we have a House of Representatives that is a fighting force going to check the Biden administration, absolutely worth it. Carpe diem to Matt Gaetz. I'm glad that the thing stopped. They got the concessions they needed, and Kevin McCarthy should have been quicker. 
But that shouldn't have happened last week. It should have happened months ago. But even still, it did show healthy debate. Thank God. James Comer is going to be one of the chief investigators. He will chair one of the most important committees in the House. And for the last four years, James Comer has been waiting for oversight under Pelosi. Did he get it? There has been no oversight over the past two years. You think about all the money that's been spent in the name of COVID, all the stimulus funds, all the unemployment insurance extensions, all the PPP loans, uh, the infrastructure bill. There's not been a single hearing in the House of Representatives that would uh, identify any wasteful spending. You just assume that everything's going well, and we know that's not true. We know there's been hundreds of millions of dollars that went to fraud in the unemployment systems in all 50 states. We know that there were PPP loans that were obtained uh, through uh, phony accounts and, and through foreign accounts, even worse. We know that there are a lot of uh, things that have been spent in the name of education that had nothing to do with the COVID funds that they were intended to, uh, to, to, to use, be used for. So, uh, we're gonna, we're two years behind because the Democrats didn't hold any hearings with respect to spending. I'm concerned about all the trillions of dollars that were wasted in COVID. And you ought to be concerned with it. Every American should be concerned with it. We're the most wasteful government in the history of mankind. And it's always liberal pet projects that the waste is on. That uh, terrorist, and she is a terrorist, Ilhan Omar, tweets this out after Kevin McCarthy became the speaker. McCarthy just agreed to a deal with far-right insurrectionists. There's that word again. Boy, that's their buzzwords. They love to overuse them, don't they? That would hold the entire U.S. and global economy hostage to extreme cuts to everything from housing to education, health care, Social Security, and Medicare. Hard to overstate how dangerous this is. Let me tell you what's hard to overstate, how dangerous you are. You're a terrorist. You always have been. You're not a very bright one either. You're pretty stupid. You're a political animal. You're a liar. You hate the Israelis, our greatest ally. You've said that publicly. You're a traitor to this country. And not one Republican has said in any way, shape, or form that they would cut education, health care, Social Security, Medicare, not one. Not one mention of those things. You know why? Because they wouldn't. It's political suicide, even if they thought it was a good idea. But that's Omar for you, the little Arab terrorist who sits in our Congress, who hates our number one ally, our chief ally. The one country that we could depend on to have our backs no matter what is Israel. Not England, not anywhere. How about Canada? Think Canada has our backs or Mexico? I don't think so. While all this debate was going on, the Democrats, as I said, were showing their true colors with the the booze and the popcorn and everything else. And that pig Katie Porter, that congresswoman, who's really disgusting, I mean, truthfully, She's one of the most disgusting things that ever came out of California. She's sitting there proudly reading a book entitled The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. That's a book a congresswoman was reading 
during very important debates on the House floor last week. And she was doing it brazenly. It was clearly intended for people to get pictures of it, and they did. That somehow her trying to be so think she's so important and be so arrogant as to say, you know what, you people don't matter to me. I've got a book that says that, that you don't. Isn't she special? But these are the kind of people that were voted into office by liberal freaks. Liberal freaks vote for other liberal freaks, don't they? Yes, they do, of course. They always do. By the way, you want to talk about how criminal these people are in Congress. How's your 401k doing? How's your investment in the markets doing for the past year or so? Now, the markets had their worst year since 2008. But guess what? While you suffered, I know I did, the members of Congress didn't. They beat the market yet again. The S&P 500 was down 18% in 2022. Democrats were down only 1.76%. Republicans were even better. They were up 0.389% on the year. So when we say the rampant corruption in Washington is on both sides of the aisle, there's your proof. When the entire rest of the country suffered, when the S&P 500 was down 18%, Democrats down one6 Seven six percent Republicans actually up. That defies logic, doesn't it? Of course it does. So let's suspend logic for a moment. How do you think that happened? Does insider trading ring a bell? <laughs> the Pelosi's, after being caught reduced their trading last year. But in 20 and 21, they flourished. They had huge outsized returns. Huge. But when someone reported on that, they cut back last year. Not much, but enough to throw you off the scent. It's unbelievable, isn't it? So it continues, the corruption of Washington continues unabated. And will remain so, I think we know that, until someone changes it. Will the Republicans change it? That's what we're hoping for. That's what we're thinking. But do you have much hope? I'm not so sure I do. That's a dangerous group, man. And they'll do anything to enrich themselves. Did you see where the girl who played soccer at Virginia Tech refused to kneel during a Black Lives Matter statement read to the girls' soccer team? Statement of support for Black Lives Matter. She didn't kneel. The coach had made, white coach, mind you, a woke white coach at Virginia Tech, made all of the team members kneel. She was the only one who refused to do it. She wouldn't honor such a bullshit agreement. So he treated her like a dog, pointed fingers in her face, Didn't play her very much. She was a starter. She sued. And uh, before it went to trial, the school settled with her for $100,000. She got a $100,000 settlement, which led the coach to to issue a statement. Now, if you were this coach, 
and his name is Charles Adair, A, you would be, I would think, if you're a rational person, completely ashamed of yourself that you would even think of doing that to a young soccer player or anybody to try to coerce or force them into your way of thinking, you Nazi bastard. But not this guy. Even though he got beat and his school was on the lam for $100,000 in damages because of his actions and his actions alone, he issues a statement saying, I'm pleased the case to get the case against me has been closed and I'm free to move forward clear of any wrongdoing. Clear of any wrongdoing. We have clarity that this case lacked any standing and without evidence the truth has prevailed. This is how this is the perfect statement as to how delusional liberals are. If you just were forced by a court to pay me $100,000, would you brag about winning? He did. Now, any school with a rational administration would fire him on the spot immediately. If for no other reason you just cost us $100,000. But the fact that he issues a statement bragging about his ungodly behavior toward this girl should tell anyone paying attention that he'll continue to do it. He sounds like he feels like he's embraced to continue his behavior. Hey, I was cleared of no wrongdoing. She had no evidence. She got a hundred grand. How many times in your lifetime have you sued someone? And most people don't, but some people do, and they have real good reason to sue. How many times have you received an award of a hundred thousand dollars? I would say that's a decisive victory for the girl, not for this ass. But he claims it's a win for him. This is how scary it is in these indoctrination centers that call themselves universities. Unbelievable. But probably not surprising, right? I don't think we should be surprised. Something that is surprising, if you follow these grotesque quadruple murders in Idaho... They brought the freak show back from Pennsylvania where he's going to stand trial in Idaho. The one mystery of this case, there are probably several, but the biggest one for me, is why did the girl who survived and she said that she came face-to-face with the intruder who wore a black mask and a black outfit, after that encounter... She locked herself in a room. Why did she take eight hours to call the police? Now, to the uneducated eye, which is mine, it sounds to me like she's in on it. To the more educated eye, like former FBI Special Agent Jonathan Gilliam, his experience tells him her reaction was completely normal. I think she she probably went back into her room and was uh, so frozen with fear. Um, I'm not sure if she was intoxicated. I'm pretty sure that the rest of the house was. And uh, regardless whether she was or not, she probably sat there until she fell asleep. 
And as crazy as that sounds, it happens a lot. I talked to three people in the last week alone who had had break-ins and ran, one person actually ran towards the attackers and hid in a corner, and the other people froze. And in some cases, as many as four to five hours passed before they realized they had been huddled in the same spot. So this is not uncommon. I'm glad to hear him explain that because that bothered me. I had I could I could not come up with any explanation for it. But then again, I didn't go through it. And so when I hear him explain it, a guy who has seen it repeatedly has talked to people just recently who've had the same experience. I've never been frozen in fear like that, and I hope to God I never will be. And that's why police do not consider her a suspect at all. They've questioned her, and they've questioned the other survivor. But imagine how that would frighten you for the rest of your days, that you saw that psychopathic murderer in your house. And only by the grace of God go you. You could have been one of the other girls or the young man who was murdered. But somehow God decided that that wasn't your day. I see God working in so many ways right now, even in these tragedies. And that is one of the most horrific ones of all. And if I were the parent of the kids murdered, I might not think that way. But I see God using this woman who survived for a reason. Now, what will that reason be? Only time will tell. But I see him using DeMar Hamlin for a reason. DeMar Hamlin tweeted out yesterday before the Bills took the field from his hospital bed that he wanted nothing more than to be running out of the tunnel with his brothers onto the field. But God has decided for the time being to use me in different ways. And we already have seen how he used him. He's brought prayer back into every corner of this country on the football fields without anyone filing a lawsuit. Entire teams knelt in prayer, Jacksonville and Tennessee, prior to their game Saturday night. All the players gathering at midfield and coaches and trainers, all kneeling down in prayer. It's happening all over the country. And here's something that will strike you, and you can say it's odd, or you can say it's a message sent from God. The Buffalo Bills hadn't returned a kickoff for a touchdown in three years and three months. DeMar Hamlin's number is three. And yet yesterday, they returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown, the first play of the game. And later, they did it again. Returning a kickoff in an NFL game for a touchdown is unheard of today because of the change in rules and the way the kickers kicked the ball out of the end zone. To do it once is almost miraculous. To do it twice in the same game, when it hadn't happened for three years and three months, and number three is DeMar Hamlin. I mean, you don't have to look too hard to see God at work. Despite his work, the Bills tried mightily to screw that game up, but they held on thanks to the two kickoff returns and were able to say they won one for DeMar Hamlin. He was sitting up, his mom and dad flanking him on each side of the bed, I mean, all the news that's coming out of there has been nothing but positive, and we're so so thrilled 
because the other medical news that comes out of our government is always corrupt. And I don't know if you saw over the weekend, but now there's this super Omicron variant, super duper pooper Omicron variant. And we better be on the lookout for that. And you know what? Reputable doctors like Dr. Scott Jensen, who's devoted his life to viruses, understand that we, the people, have been played by the government and the medical community with regard to COVID. We've been played, all of us. They've done it to all of us. Their department decided that when it comes to treating sick COVID-19 patients and using monoclonal antibody infusions, what matters isn't the typical assessment of how sick is a patient, which is what us doctors do. We triage in the office, in the emergency room, in the ICU. But the Minnesota Department of Health Real said that, no, the priority isn't how sick a person is, or even potentially how much benefit they might receive from the monoclonal antibodies. But instead, race was a qualifier. How about that? And where's the outrage? Where is the group White Lives Matter? Do I need to form it myself? Apparently I do because no one else will. And hey, if I follow the blueprint of the corrupt people that form Black Lives Matter, I'll be a gazillionaire. As Forrest Gump said, and because I'm a gazillionaire, I cut that grass for free. So maybe I can become a gozillionaire and form White Lives Matter. But no outrage from the media. Nothing said about it from Republicans or Democrats. It took Dr. Scott Jensen to be the hero. Remember, some of these doctors are being threatened with losing their licenses by this corrupt government for speaking the truth. Ask Dr. Peter McCullough. Dr. Pierre Corey is another outspoken advocate for ivermectin and other treatments that indeed work to battle COVID and beat it. In fact, Dr. Corey was one of the frontline doctors. And during his testimony in Congress and the Senate in December of 2020, he claimed that ivermectin was a wonder drug with miraculous effectiveness against COVID. Now, if you look him up on Wikipedia, Here's how the liberal Wikipedia liars censored his testimony. They write this. During his testimony, Corey erroneously claimed that the antiparasitic medication ivermectin was a wonder drug. Erroneously? First of all, he didn't claim that the parasite medication given to horses is the ivermectin that he was using. It's the, There's two of them. One is for humans. I used it. I immediately got better. So nobody can tell me that it doesn't work. I used it. I saw the results. I saw the results of the antibodies. Somehow as a white man, I was able to get them, probably because I'm a little older. But those two things work. And you know what happens after you get those two things? Natural immunity works. I've had a winter cold and a cough, and that's it since I've been treated for COVID. Didn't have, haven't had a fever. Nothing like that since. But they know better. 
and very much similarly to Dr. Jensen saying that we were all played, Dr. Pierre Corey knows that we are under a mass delusion. This mass delusion that we're all under through unrelenting propaganda and censorship, they're censoring all these things. If I have to read one more article of a young person dying where the word vaccine isn't even mentioned as a possibility, it's absolutely disgusting. And, and call out all the producers, everyone who runs these media things, every journalist who goes to work and writes that article and refuses to talk about what's in everyone's mind. You know, you, you are complicit. You are complicit. And you want to keep your job because you can't write the article that you know you're supposed to and morally and ethically supposed to write, which is the truth, the facts. You give all of the information that's available. You can talk about possibilities. You can write an article where it doesn't say it is the vaccine, but you could maybe – if you had ethics or morals or honesty or integrity or courage or conviction, you might want to write that, hey, maybe it's the vaccine. 16-year-olds, it's extremely rare to die. How many have we seen dying? 16, 18, 20, 22. And by the way, a 32-year-old athlete or a marathoner going out for a jog shouldn't be dropping dead either. A 42-year-old is distinctly rare. Yet now it's so common, we're used to it. Frightening, isn't it? Carpe diem, Dr. Corey. And he's right about the media. They're complicit. But they, they, he mentioned all the qualities, if they had any of them, character, integrity, honesty. They don't have any of them. Media in this country do not possess any of those characteristics. Tucker Carlson does. A few of the people at Fox. No one else. No one else. Here, we do. We do so much that I don't even consider us media. I consider us just a regular person who has himself a radio show to be able to bring the truth out. We are courageous in the sense that we bring the truth out. And by courageous, I mean we're not fighting a war, but certainly our reputations and perhaps our actual lives, the way we live them, are in jeopardy because of these criminal FBI agents. Who knows what, what, what what's on their radar regarding our show. I know the charter cuts us out a lot. Who knows? I'm starting to believe what Cleo said. We're on their list. Now, you just heard two extremely qualified and esteemed physicians talking about this COVID hoax. Bill Gates is not a doctor. He doesn't even play one on TV. But Bill Gates, who is a criminal, lectures people on viruses. How? If anything kills over 10 million people in the next few decades, it's most likely to be a highly infectious virus rather than a war. Not missiles, but microbes. Now, part of the reason for this is that we have invested a huge amount in nuclear deterrence. But we've actually invested very little in a system to stop an epidemic. We're not ready for the next epidemic. Did anyone even talk like that 10 years ago, 15 years ago, five years ago? We're not ready for the next epidemic. How does he know? He has not one qualification to talk about medicine or viruses. Not one. No more than you or I do. We at this show pay attention to the experts, the ones who aren't corrupt by politics. The ones who have the courage to tell the truth. Some at the risk of losing their medical licenses. 
And yet Bill Gates is quoting himself that he's the expert. Somehow we haven't done enough. I agree with him to that extent. We haven't put a muzzle on him and shut him up. You want to talk censoring? I'm all for censoring that jackass. Anybody who's dangerous, trying to pass themselves off as some sort of a medical epidemiologist or an expert in the field when you haven't spent a day in school about it, those people are dangerous. Those people either need to be jailed or stopped because they are dangerous. That's like yelling fire in a crowded theater when there is no fire. And in the meantime, let's see the, the, the logs of Epstein Island and see how many times Gates was there. Things are getting so bad for Biden that even Eric Adams is pissed off at him. The mayor of New York City telling him that the immigration is killing New York City and then telling New Yorkers a piece of his mind who continually attack the high earners in New York City who are leaving New York in droves. But these are the same people that Biden attacks all the time and all the liberals attack. Oh, they better pay their fair share when they're already paying well more than their fair share. To continually attack high-income earners, where 51% of our taxes are paid by 2% of New Yorkers. It's blow my mind when I hear people say, so what if they leave? No, you leave. I want my high-income earners right here in this city. I want them to be part of the person who drives a limousine to be paid a good wage and a person sitting in the back of the limousine uh, to continue to use a discretionary funding to go to our restaurants, our hotels, and travelers. 51% of the taxes in New York City are paid by 2% of the people. We know who that 2% is. They're the wealthy people. And yet that's who Biden attacks. It's incredible, isn't it? And by the way, now that the liberal corrupt judges and politicians have access to Donald Trump's income taxes, his tax returns, how come we haven't heard of all the corruption that Donald Trump was involved in? I mean, he had to be, right? They've been wanting his tax returns for years. Now that they got him, you'd think they would be celebrating down Main Street with a big banner, Trump is a tax cheat. But not a word. And you know that they've been going through them with experienced IRS agents with a fine-tooth comb to find something, anything, that they can scream and yell about. And they found nothing. I've said this before. Donald Trump is the purest, purest human being in this country. As much as they've tried to get him on anything, and they haven't been able to get him on a thing. It must be frustrating to those bastards. You know, we talk about Hunter Biden and how he used his father's influence to make himself a millionaire, shaking down foreign countries and the like. And then, of course, Joe, part of the family business. Sometimes I scratch my head and I think, is Hunter Biden worse than Ron Reagan, Ronald Reagan's son? Ron Reagan decided to rebel against anything his father and mother believed. That's a kid's right. But then you shouldn't have the right to use that name to gain yourself national attention and gain yourself a financial life. But Ron Reagan is such a fraud, he does that. And he's been doing it for quite some time. For a while he had a job at MSNB Hee Haw, thanks to his name, nothing else. 
Ron Reagan has not studied one moment's worth of journalism. But because his name is Ron Reagan and he's a liberal freak, then he gets these jobs with MSNB Hee-Haw. His sister, Patty Davis, was also a liberal freak for the longest of times. She came around when her father got sick and was no longer outspoken against the family. But Ron Reagan wants you to all know he's an atheist. And as an atheist, he wants you to contribute, donate more money to Ron Reagan in the name of some freedom of religion group. And he wants you to know he himself is not afraid to burn in hell. Well, as a Christian, that's where you're going to burn. Hi, I'm Ron Reagan, an unabashed atheist, and I'm alarmed, as you may be, by the intrusions of religion into our secular government. That's why I'm asking you to join the Freedom From Religion Foundation, the nation's largest and most effective association of atheists and agnostics working to keep state and church separate, just like our founders intended. Please, join the Freedom From Religion Foundation today. Ron Reagan, lifelong atheist, not afraid of burning in hell. I hope you do. Government, a religious, religion's intrusion into the government? Can you please explain that? In what area has our government been taken over by religion? Attacked by religious zealots? The answer, of course, is none. It's just another lie told by another liberal. Just happens to have a Republican's name attached to him, Ron Reagan. He really is proud of that last part, saying he's not afraid to burn in hell. Well, when you start burning there, you might wish you wouldn't have said that. But you will be burning there. Absent some sort of an epiphany. Lifelong atheist, he says. Lifelong, when you were five, were you an atheist? How about when you were 10? 15? I don't think so. And then you always have to feel, and I think we should, you know, DeMar Hamlin's one thing. Peyton Hillis, who's a running back, former running back in the NFL, saved his four children from drowning, and he himself has been in a coma. So it's one thing to pray for those two. But I think we should start turning our prayers to Prince Harry and Meghan Markle because they clearly have suffered more than any other couple in the history of our country. And now 60 Minutes, once the bastion of great journalism, now nothing more than a liberal propaganda arm, decided they would either pay Harry to sit down with him or return favors of some kind and have him just go off on the royal family. If I'm King Philip and Prince William and any of the other royals, I would have nothing to do with CBS as a network ever again. If there's a big news event in the U.K., CBS doesn't get credentials. And remind them of the interview that they did with Prince Harry. Harry says his family, his royal family, was against Meghan Markle even before they met her. Right from the beginning, before he even had a chance to get to know her. And the U.K. press jumped on that. And here we are. And what was that based on, that mistrust? The fact that she was American, an actress, divorced. Black, biracial, with a black mother. Those were just four of the typical stereotypes that 
is a, becomes a feeding frenzy for the British press. So the royal family didn't like Meghan Markle because she's American. Boy, that's going to go over like a dead weight, lead weight in the in freaking bathtub, isn't it? You're going to sink with that one. So our ally, England, doesn't like her because she's an American. They hate Americans. That's news. Very interesting. So that's what his family thinks. They don't like her because she's black, or as he then corrected himself, she's a mulatto. He didn't say the word, but that's what she is. Wow. Mm-mm-mm. And then talks about Charles. I mean, he's telling us that they don't like her because she's divorced, and yet King Charles has been had been famously cheating on Diana, Lady Di, with Camilla. That's okay, according to Prince Harry. In the royals' world, that's okay. But you're divorced, uh-uh, you're out. So that would mean that Queen Elizabeth encouraged her family members to cheat, but don't ever get divorced. <laughs> it means just nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. But he wasn't done trashing Prince Harry or the King Philip, his father. He had to set his sights now on Camilla. Now, I don't know if Camilla's a bitch or if she's a nice woman or a friendly lady or a loving mother. I don't know. But we know that Harry sees her as a threat and claims that she's dangerous. Because of the need for her to rehabilitate her image. That made her dangerous. That made her dangerous because of the connections that she was forging within the British press. And with her on the way to being Queen Consort, there was going to be people or bodies left in the street because of that. You are leaving bodies in the street all over the place, trashing your family like you are. I don't know many people, much less royals, any people who go on a national television show and trash their family like you do. Maybe Aaron Rodgers, but he's it. And he's widely considered a lunatic. So Camilla is dangerous because she had to rehab her image. I didn't know she had an image. She was a nothing burger until it was revealed that she was having an affair with Charles. So is that the image he's talking about? Because that doesn't take very long. And apparently, according to what Prince Harry said about why Meghan Markle was despised, the royal family doesn't care if you're cheating. So why would Camilla need to rehab her image? She's second in charge. Pretty crazy stuff. He also admitted that after Lady Di was killed in the car accident, he turned to drugs and alcohol. Don't know if that's true, but that's what he says. But the thing that strikes me about this guy, and I didn't watch the interview, so I don't know how the entire thing went. I watched the clips, picked some out that I want. He looks like the biggest wussy that ever walked the earth. He's constantly crying and whining. This guy was literally born on third base and thought he hit a triple. In fact, he probably jogged home and thought he hit a home run. And all he does is whine and bitch. If it's not Oprah, it's 60 Minutes. What's next? The view? That's kind of where you belong. I think Harry would fit just nicely there. Wear that skirt that he wears sometimes. 
that the guys in the United Kingdom wear Prince or King Philip wears that sometimes. Wear that skirt, Harry, and go on the view. I didn't see anything from Meghan Markle regarding the 60 Minutes interview, so maybe she wasn't part of it. But I know she was part of the Oprah interview. So this guy, who's had li- the, the clearly the easy life, easiest life of anybody, trashes his family that presented him with that great life, essentially, in a backhanded way, slashing England as well, who pays for that lifestyle, and then tries to start some sort of a mental war between the United States and England by saying that his English royal family detested Meghan Markle because she's black or half black, and she's an American. An American. I didn't realize the royal family detested Americans just because you're an American. But now I know better. Harry said so. And baby, if Harry says it, it must be true. Here's something else that's true. Taco Bell has the best food you'll ever buy at any soft or fast food place ever. And it'll be more food and you'll pay less money. That's just a fact. It's not my opinion. They have a dollar crave menu every day for breakfast, lunch, dinner, late night. A $5 crave menu for the same. And it's not just one or two items you can get off of those Crave meals. There's a whole bunch of stuff. The Dollar Crave menu has a grilled breakfast burrito with bacon bits for breakfast. How about a double-stuffed taco or a grande burrito? Those are all $1. The $5 Crave menu has a double chalupa that comes in a box with two tacos and a soft drink. Five bucks. Same for the triple-double crunch wrap. Taco Bell also has for breakfast a breakfast quesadilla under two bucks. Throw steak on it. You still spend less than three. Two different AM crunch wraps are less than three bucks. So is the Grande Scrambler. The Mexican pizza's back. Have yourself a Mexican pizza while you're watching the NFL playoffs next week. Or tonight while you're watching the national championship game in college football. I support locally owned and operated businesses. Here's where they are in our area. Taco Bell locations, locally owned and operated in the Chesterfield Valley. St. Clair, Washington, Union, Jackson, Cape Girardeau, in Illinois, Waterloo, Decatur, Carbondale, Troy, DuCoin, Salem, Jerseyville, Springfield, and Columbia. Those are all locally owned and operated Taco Bell locations. I will take a quick break, and then we're coming right back. I cannot see, but I know you will. But you can't lie to me with all these books that you sell. I'm not trying to follow you to the end of the world. I'm just trying to leave something behind. Words have come from men and mouths Oh, but I can't help thinking that I've heard the wrong crowd When all the water is gone, my job will be too 
I'm just trying to leave something behind Oh, money is free, but love costs more than our bread In the ceiling it's hard to reach Oh, the future is broken and red And I'm trying to leave something behind This whole world is a foreign land We swallow the moon But we don't know our own hand We're running with the case Oh, but we ain't got the gold And we're trying to leave something behind Oh, my friends, I believe we are at the wrong side And I cannot read what I did not write I've been to his house, oh, but the master is gone But I'd like to leave something behind There is a beast who's taking my brain You can put me to bed, but you can't feel my pain When the machine has taken the soul from the man It's time to leave something behind Still at the shore And pockets don't know What it means to be poor I can get through the wall If you give me a door So I can leave something behind Oh, wisdom is lost In a tree somewhere You're not gonna find it in some mental gray hair It's locked up from those who hurry ahead And it's time to leave something behind All money is free but love costs more than our bread In the ceiling it's hard to reach When my son is a man he Just trying to leave something behind I was just trying to leave something
welcome you back in. Kevin Slate with you. This is the Window World, King's Court, coming away live on KevinSlatonShow.com. The podcast, excuse me, I had my mic down. The podcast will be a little bit later on right here, as well as on Spotify, Amazon, Apple, Google, and all the rest. Um, I suppose, I suppose. You never know in this, in this country when they start taking you away. Our good friends at Zycan Exteriors want you to know something about your roof. Maybe that you don't know. It might have damage. Do you like peace of mind? I do. I pay for peace of mind if I have to. It's that important to me. So I like to know that my roof is not leaking because my roof supports and protects my biggest investment, my home. So I got peace of mind about the condition of my roof from Zycan Exteriors, and I got it for free. It's the same for you. All you have to do is what I did. Call them, 636-345-6873. 345-6873. Or from the east side, 618-806-6911. 806-6911. Tell them that we told you to call. And they'll come out and give you a free damage inspection. Free. Now, my insurance adjuster came out the same day. They all went up on the roof together. Yours can do the same. And when they came down, they did find damage, and I was getting a full roof replacement with all upgraded Owens Corning shingles because they are a preferred contractor of Owens Corning. Zycan will bring with them their A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. They're the storm damage experts, not the fly-by-nighters that you see cruising your neighborhood after every storm. You don't want that. If you do, you're going to be calling Zycan eventually to replace it because when you call them when their roof leaks, they're gone. Zycan Exteriors has been here since 1949. They're going nowhere. 636-345-6873. From the east side, 618-806-6911. Zycan Exteriors. Our phone lines, if you want to weigh in on the day's topic, 636-538-0746. 636-538-0746. You know, I did want to watch, I don't watch an NFL game. I can't tell you the last time I've watched an NFL game in its entirety, but I did want to watch the beginning of the Buffalo game yesterday to see what kind of tribute the fans and the team was going to have for DeMar Hamlin. And they had all of the great tributes, the players running out with flags, Buffalo Bills flags with the number three on them, wearing a number three decal on their jersey to honor their fallen teammate. And then the kickoff return. And that, to me, was, I don't know how you write a script like that. It makes you think the game was fixed. I mean, how can that even happen? But it did. And it sure was fun to watch. If you're an NFL fan, NFL playoff brackings are set. The Green Bay Packers did not get in. Aaron Rodgers pulled a huge gag lump in his throat last night. He's finished. He needs to retire. It'll be sad. One of the all-time greats retiring, but he needs to retire. He's embarrassing himself on the field now. A lot of guys do that. They stay a year too late. You know, Whitey Herzog always told me when it comes to a trade of a player, it's much better to trade him a year too early than a year too late. And it's much better for a player who's made hundreds of millions of dollars and doesn't need the money to retire a year too early rather than a year too late. Why would Aaron Rodgers want anyone to think of him as the kind of player he is now? Do not come back for another year. You're done. Brady, it's time for you too. 
Brady's team did make the playoffs, but they're not going anywhere. Although, in the NFL, it wouldn't surprise me to see them win the Super Bowl. That's how nuts that league is. But Tom Brady isn't going to be the reason. It'll be their defense. But they at least get a home field game. We'll see how that works out. So that's your NFL. Mizzou basketball won a game against Vanderbilt over the weekend. Very lackluster. Very unimpressive. This is a team that has no idea how to rebound. Uh, I've said many times, here's how you teach a team to rebound. You run blockout drills in practice for an hour. If they don't like it, you make them run until they can't stand anymore. That's how you get messages across to athletes who aren't paying attention. It's pretty simple. It's old school, but it works. It's never failed. Never. Or like happened to me when I was in high school and was playing basketball, and I wasn't paying attention while the coach was talking, and I got the ball thrown right in my face, hit me right in the nose. I saw stars for 10 minutes. Nothing happened to the coach, and nothing should have happened to him. I wasn't paying attention. That's how you learned. It's called discipline. Sorely lacking in this cowardly society we live in today. We talked earlier about some of the frontline doctors and epidemiologists, prominent ones who were under attack from liberal organizations, government, media outlets, simply because they're telling the truth about the vaccine and about COVID and what really works and what doesn't work. Jordan Peterson is a psychologist in Canada. Now, the Canadians label him controversial. He's now launched a legal challenge against the College of Psychologists of Ontario He said that that governing body threatened to pull his license as a practicing psychologist if he doesn't complete social media re-education for comments he made. Huh. So freedom of speech again in Canada doesn't exist. Just simply doesn't exist. He has to take coaching classes for which he must pay, until a final report is issued by the coach that shows their concerns have been properly done, taken care of. Imagine this. Imagine I'm even reading this. I'm not complying. I'm not submitting to re-education. I'm not admitting that my viewpoints, many of which have been entirely justified by facts, were either wrong or unprofessional. And I would agree with him 100%. I don't care if they are wrong. He says, I've done nothing to compromise those in my care. Quite the contrary. I've served all my clients and the millions of people I'm communicating with to the best of my ability and in good faith. And that's that. (laughs) If he's forced to attend classes, he said that he will make all of the details of what they're teaching public. They don't want that. Oh, they don't want that. No, sir. What he tweeted out was this. He said, remember when pride was a sin and Ellen Page, who's a transgender actress, actor, actress, just had her breast removed by a criminal physician. That was his tweet. Elon Musk reinstated his account. He was banned. Of course, why wouldn't he be? It's incredible. So it goes on 
Canada just like it does here. Pretty incredible. He told the truth. But you can't tell the truth. The truth is now one of the most elusive and scariest ideas ever. Scary because of what they'll do to you for simply telling the truth. Elusive because it's hard to find anywhere. Tucker Carlson was threatened with censorship. When you hear this one, by the Biden regime. How about this one? They were pressing Facebook to censor Tucker Carlson for saying vaccines don't work. Never mind that all of the literature and data that has come out tell you that they don't work. Tell you that they don't prevent you from being infected. They don't prevent you from spreading the disease. They don't make you any better if you hadn't been vaccinated and you happen to contract the disease. I shouldn't say disease, the virus. Pretty amazing. Here's what went on. This has been made public now, according to a document released by Republican Attorney General Jeff Landry of Louisiana in the lawsuit against the United States government. Here's what the uh, document said. It's quoting White House Director of Digital Strategy Rob Flaherty talking to Facebook. Since we've been on the phone, the top post about vaccines today is Tucker Carlson saying they don't work. Yesterday it was Tommy Lahren saying she won't take one. Remember, he's talking to Facebook. Pretty incredible stuff. This is exactly why I want to know what reduction actually looks like. If reduction means pumping our most vaccine-hesitant audience with Tucker Carlson saying it doesn't work, then I'm not sure it's reduction. How about that? Reduction is another word, a fancy word for censorship. The Facebook employee told Flaherty that they were running this down now. Hmm. Tucker Carlson did not respond to a request for comment. Why? Why, Tucker? What were you hiding? Had to be hiding something, right? Our phone lines are open for you, 636-538-0746-0746. Censoring Tucker Carlson. So what what are they saying? That they have to take those tweets down because he spoke the truth and people were reposting it everywhere. Retweeting it everywhere. It's unbelievable. But it's true. Scary again, but true. So now, just about any time you watch any of these programs, such as Tucker Carlson tonight, you've got to wonder... Has anyone gotten to him? So far, I don't think anybody has gotten to him. I think they've tried. And I think originally they were successful in getting him not to refer to the election as a stolen election. But he's changed that. And, you know, you don't even have to call it a stolen election. 
You just have to point out the facts that it was. Let people decide for themselves. You don't have to tell them. If I hear a dog bark, you don't have to tell me that was a dog barking. If I see the trees moving rapidly, you don't have to tell me the wind's blowing. And when I see all the overwhelming evidence regarding the 2020 election and the 2020 midterms, you don't have to tell me. I've seen it. I'm not stupid. I don't live with blinders on. I have some common sense. And that's all it takes in this case to see how corrupt these elections have become. Because they have. And so when we find out that Tucker Carlson is on the verge of being censored by Facebook and Zuckerberg goes on with uh, Rogan and denies that they do that, I think we all know. It's the old, when it quacks like a duck and walks like a duck, it is a duck. And that's what's going on here with him. He has been censored. Now, is he going to comply with the censorship? I don't think he will. Facebook can knock him off, but as soon as that happens now, they're in trouble. We know that Elon Musk will not knock him off. If Facebook was supposed to be in Twitter a place to go for the exchange of ideas, the uh, town square, if you will, why is it that the censorship of all differing ideas is prevalent in those, on those platforms? You know, Facebook, catch up with people you haven't seen in years, but don't you say anything different than we do. We wouldn't want to have to kick you off They will. I love, again, that Elon Musk has reinstated everybody's Twitter account, the psychologist in Canada. That's how you deal with these people. There's no other way to deal with them, honestly. There just isn't. And if they're going to act like that, then who wants to be a part of that? Unfortunately, as we've said so many times, if you watched any of the coverage of Biden's visit to the border you recognize that it really wasn't a visit to the border but it was liberal propaganda from the media acting like it was something special well if it was special please tell me what was special about it he didn't meet a single migrant he went to the sanitized city of El Paso where they moved all of the homeless I guess into a gym somewhere and locked the door don't come out until he leaves Because you have to at some point ask yourself, how did this happen? Why is he at the border but not meeting any migrants, not seeing any of them? He might have been afraid that someone might ask him a legitimate question like, if you're not going to meet with the migrants, why are you here? What are you trying to accomplish by coming here? But we know it's a political stunt. That's all it is. It's basically him announcing he's going to run in 2024 because he doesn't care about the border. He never has. Imagine being a politician and our southern border has come under at least discussion for 20 or 30 years. 
Now, these congressmen and senators go on junkets all the time. I guess they just didn't want to go on this one. Cleo is up. Good morning, Cleo. Morning, Kevin. How's it going, man? It's going great. How about you? I hope you had a great weekend. Pretty good. Pretty good. It's, it's been kind of mild. I like it. There you go. Yeah, listen, you're talking about Biden going to the border. You know, after you know, after it's finished, you know what he went and said to his people, well, everything's going to plan. <laughs> this is better than I thought. Yeah, probably is. It's true. And, and now, do you think he'll ever make another appearance there? Ever? No. Oh, no. Oh, no. Those days are over. Hey, listen, I, I just read a statistic, and, and you know, I haven't checked it yet. 40% of the police do not report their crime statistics to the FBI. That's police departments in the USA. I don't I don't I haven't checked the validity of that, but Well that'd be interesting if it's true. And you have to wonder why. What's what's the point well, of that? Unless well, they don't trust the, the FBI, well, maybe that's it. Well according to the New York Times and the post disgrace, crime is going down. Well we know that's a lie. <laughs> Unbelievable if they tell these the thing about Biden and these liberals and these media people is they don't even lie well. They they talk about something that's absolutely not believable and then try to claim it is. You know, it really ticks me off. I had an incident over the weekend. Let me tell you this. Uh, I was driving along in a car with my granddaughter down a reasonably busy street, and I guess we're following some clown for a couple of miles that's smoking that crap, you know, smoking the weed. Sure. You know, it comes through your radiator, and you smell it, you know. That's amazing. So anyway, we stop, we go we go to a grocery store, come out into my car. The damn smell is still in my car. Oh. Uh, you know, we had to drive up by North County the other day, and it was in the air. I mean, you could smell it in the air. That means it's going on on every street corner. Oh, yeah. It's disgusting. It's very sad for me because that's where I grew up. But it is disgusting. And wh- when are they going to start worrying about, you know, we've got MAD, the Mothers Against Mad, uh, Mothers Against Drunk Drivers. When are we going to have Mothers Against High Drivers? Because they're every right. bit as dangerous as a drunk driver. Well, you know, you know there's going to be auto accidents resulting as they have in Colorado, the statistics. Absolutely. They shot up. Shot up. And why would that surprise anyone? Unless you're just dumber than dirt, right? Yeah, I'm sure the authorities will probably keep it out of the news. You can bet your booties, I'll bet you. Oh, yeah. Whenever it happens, they'll keep it out of the news. Always. They're good at that. Because they own the media. They just simply own them. I'm just telling you, our kids being exposed to this is terrible. That's what—that's the worst thing about it, our kids being exposed. It's more than terrible. I mean, you look at these innocent young kids, grandkids, young kids, and you say, my God, the world they're growing up in, it's not fair to them. It was bad enough that we had a magical time in a magical place, and look what we've been stuck with. But they haven't even had the magical time growing up. I mean, they're, if their fam- families are good, then they're going to have wonderful time. But, boy, once they get out of the family unit, look out. Yeah, we did have a magical time growing up, didn't we, during our period? We sure did. Wasn't anything like it, never will be again. Never. Yeah, never will be there again. 
It's not like our parents when they said, well, you know, our music, our music was better than yours. We're not saying that. We're saying the time in this country was magical and it will never be again. Sad to say. You know, you you could have you could have dif- differed with John Kennedy or any of the liberals of the day, but they weren't trying to destroy the country. You just had a differing opinion. And they had a differing one of yours, but they weren't destroy- trying to destroy the country. These people are. They're know-it-alls. Yeah, John Kennedy didn't tell you that men could have a baby. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't stupid. Yeah, like Rome, Kevin, uh, we may fall from within. Ronald Reagan predicted it, predicted that we would, and he's correct. That's how any great civilization really falls, is from within. Well, thanks for your valuable service, giving us so many pertinent facts that nobody else does. Well, I appreciate that, Cleo. It's always great to hear from you. All right. Nice to talk to you. Bye. All right, my friend. Have a great day. Bye-bye now. You too. Bye. All right, folks, that's going to run us out of time for the day. But we're back fighting a good fight for you tomorrow. Never fear. We won't go anywhere. We're back. We swim upstream. We fight that fight, as all good patriots should. Back here tomorrow in the Window World Kings Court on KevinSlaytonShow.com. Don't forget the podcast can be heard on that website, as well as on Spotify, Amazon, Apple, Google, Anchor, and any place else you listen to podcasts. Back tomorrow. Love you, Mom. Love you, Dad. Love you, Maureen. So long, everybody.